Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the premier edition of the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm Lee McDonald, Vice President of Communications with the AM Best Company. We're joined by phone today by two leading attorneys with extensive experience in insurance matters. We've got Kelly Simpkins of Wells Marble and Hearst of Jackson, Mississippi, which, by the way, is the state we'll be talking about today. We also have David Rossmiller of Dunn Carney, Allen Higgins, and Tongue of Portland, Oregon. Kelly's firm is one of the largest and most sophisticated firms practicing in this area in Mississippi, and many know David from his regular commentary at insurancecoverageblog.com. So welcome, Kelly and David. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. And in the studio, we have John Zuba. He's editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, and by Brendan Noonan of our communications team. Today, we're exploring the impact of a high-profile court decision out of Mississippi, It's the recently decided case known as Broussard versus State Farm. In that case, a federal jury ordered State Farm Fire and Casualty to pay a Biloxi, Mississippi couple $2.5 million for refusing to cover damage to their home caused by Hurricane Katrina. And the Broussard case is the first federal jury trial to decide how much insurers should pay for Katrina damage. There are hundreds of similar lawsuits pending against State Farm, Allstate, Nationwide, and other insurers. I'll turn it over to John Zuba for our first question. Kelly, what do people need to understand about this case and decision, and are there any misperceptions we've seen in follow-up reports? Well, I think there are probably three main things that people need to understand about the case. One, it is a very fact-specific case. It's specific in that it's a slab case. Another specific thing about the case is that the punitive damages were based on a failure to tender unconditionally an amount that State Farm's own experts said was owed to the plaintiffs. So that turned a potential pocketbook case in the judge's eyes into a bad faith case. So even if the judge had apportioned between wind and storm surge, he apparently would have allowed punitives to go to the jury anyway because of the failure to tender that amount. And then another fact-specific issue is that in this judge's eyes, the scintilla of evidence necessary to prove an exclusion is a high burden. I think the other thing that you need to understand, maybe a fourth thing, is that if you're an insurer, don't throw in the towel just yet because the defendant's expert was qualified and he offered arguments worthy of jury consideration. And so the case is an appealable case. David, what's your opinion on this? I agree with what Kelly said. It is true that this is a fact-specific case. There there are hundreds of cases out there, and not every one of them is a slab case. That was something that was very important in this case. And the reason is because in other cases where the houses have been standing and there's damage that can be verified, we didn't have this question that nobody could really tell for sure what happened. That, as far as I can see, is why State Farm didn't tender anything, because the model they put together with their experts indicated that the damage was most likely or most certainly caused by flooding, by waves, and by tidal surge, and that's what destroyed the house. That's why they didn't tender any of the anything for wind damage at all. But in other cases where we don't have a destroyed home, companies have offered and have tendered amounts for wind damage, so we don't have the same situation that led to the punitive damages in this case. Brendan Noonan here. With 600 other cases still pending, including 200 by Judge Center alone, what are the implications as to how this might impact other insurers, agents, brokers, consumers? Well, one thing I would point out is 600 barely scratches the surface. 
I think everyone's familiar with trial lawyer uh, Richard Scruggs. There's a group that's formed, the Scruggs Katrina Group, and that's comprised of six personal injury firms, and and their estimated inventory of cases is approximately 3,000. Now, they haven't all been filed, of course, and so I think one of the implications is that if you have a slab case, you need to review your expert reports, and if your expert is saying that there was some wind damage before the storm surge took it, then you need to pay now unconditionally the amount that your expert says is fairly attributable to the wind loss. I'm not sure that this case impacts agents and brokers. There are many cases pending where there's a separate and independent tort that's been alleged against the agent for failing to procure the proper coverage or making misrepresentations about coverage. And even though Judge Center has ruled in one case, the Leonard case, that in favorably towards the agent and found no misrepresentation, he has remanded numerous other cases on the grounds that the plaintiffs have stated a viable cause of action against the agent. There's something that doesn't necessarily rise out of this case that I would point out, which is a new regulation that the insurance commissioner has put forth requiring insurers and their agents to inform policyholders of flood and earthquake exclusions in homeowners and windstorm residential policies. That may ultimately have an implication for agents. They may need to obtain a statement or a signed form from the insured indicating that they're aware of this provision, something that's done in other lines of insurance. We're seeing a lot of changes in disclosure. David, just to move toward what might be the next stage in this case in particular, I've seen you do some writing on this. You expect State Farm to appeal? In fact, that's right. I think that if I were advising State Farm, and I'm not, not involved in this coverage litigation in any of the Katrina cases, but just looking at it as an outsider who keeps close tabs on these things and, and one who represents insurance companies as well as policyholders. In looking at the issues I just wrote about this today, I would highly recommend that State Farm appeal this. One of the things that is difficult to get from the press reports, because reporters aren't lawyers and we shouldn't expect them to be, and they want to hit the high point, there's a distinction that needs to be explored that's very important for why State Farm would take this forward. Unlike the Leonard case that Kelly spoke of, which was a bench trial that In other words, the issues were tried to Judge Center himself, and he made the findings of fact. In this case, his verdict, there was a jury impaneled, and the questions were going to go to the jury. But Judge Center said that he found that no reasonable juror could find for State Farm, that under the standards as Judge Center believes them to be, that the insurer, State Farm, had not sufficiently proven the amount of damage that was excluded by the flood exclusion. And it's true under Mississippi law that, and the law of every other state, that an insurer has the burden of proving an exclusion. Judge Center said that, in his mind, that means that State Farm has to prove the exact amount. And because, as Kelly alluded to, the State Farm experts said that there was some doubt about the amount that could be caused from wind, and they admitted there was a possibility in fact, a probability that at least some small amount was caused by wind, that State Farm hadn't proven its burden, had not borne its burden of proof, and that under that standard, Judge Center said no reasonable juror could find for State Farm. I'm somewhat skeptical about that analysis by Judge Center because if you look at the burden of proof, accepting what he said about the insurer having to prove the flood exclusion, it's still 
So I think one could say that a reasonable person could weigh the evidence, uh, the claims put forth by the Broussard expert that the house was destroyed by a tornado, as well as the information furnished by the State Farm expert, and a juror could weigh that and come out on either side. I think there's a serious question that no reasonable person could find, could weigh the evidence and find for State Farm. And since this issue is, I think, one that is highly debatable, State Farm should take it forward and appeal to the Fifth Circuit, especially as, in, say, in the Leonard case, if someone had appealed those findings of fact, the standard for review on those is clear error, which is a very tough standard to overturn a trial judge on, and an and appeals court does not want to do that. The trial judge was there. The trial judge was serving as the trier of fact. He was weighing the credibility of the witnesses. And nobody wants to try and put themselves in the place of the person who was actually there and listening to the witness. But the directed verdict that Judge Center gave, that, on the other hand, is a question of law. It's a legal finding that he made, which, on appeal, is entitled to no deference at all. In other words, the appeals court judges will look at that conclusion, and they can put themselves in the place of Judge Center and say, we disagree, and that's enough for them to reverse the directed verdict. Okay. Um, Kelly, and I'll come back to you on the same question, David. This is one case. It's got some big headlines. Does it say much about the the state of Katrina-related litigation, or is it too early to tell, and is this too unique to tell from? Well, I think it does tell us some things about the state of Katrina litigation. The passion is high down on the coast, and the environment to litigate these claims for an insurance company is already, you know, difficult at best. You have to think about the fact that the jurors and the judge and all of the court staff when they drive to the courthouse to try this case, staring them at the face is the catastrophic losses. And you add to the fact that, you know, most jurors and, and, and judges have either claims or friends or family who have been affected by this. And so I think it does indicate that this is going to be, as everyone expected, a tough hill to climb for an insurer to defend these claims. Okay, and David, same question. Uh, where does this fit in, in in telling us about the bigger picture? I think that it's a, it's a very tough blow for State Farm. I think that it was unexpected. I think it was disappointing to them. And in reading, I've, I've read over all the materials that both parties have filed as I could uh, obtain them on the federal court electronic docket. And so I'm familiar with the arguments that the parties made as they went along. And State Farm filed a trial brief on the question of who would have to bear the burden of proving what in the case. And and it was a pretty good brief. And, uh, they had citations, and they apparently believed they had a very good chance that Judge Center was going to find that it was the plaintiff's burden to establish a specific amount of wind damage. That's not unreasonable that State Farm believed that, because in several other rulings in other cases, including the Leonard case, Judge Center has said exactly that, that the amount of damage that the plaintiffs are able to show is attributable to wind must be paid under his interpretation of the policies and the flood exclusion. So it's a tough blow in this case. It doesn't necessarily mean that other cases where there are other facts that it's going to necessarily say that State Farm is going to lose all those cases. But State Farm has taken a tremendous, tremendous beating in the public relations avenue. And if you just sheerly looking from a standpoint of who has won the public relations work, you have to say objectively that lawyers like Dickie Scruggs and, and others have done a magnificent job of portraying the insurance companies 
as heartless, cold, calculating, and possibly devious and fraudulent. At the very best of times, when you're representing an insurance company, you are nervous walking into court because you figure you have to have 70% of the things go your way. The jury has a bias against insurance companies. Ambiguities in the policy will be interpreted against the insurer, and you have an uphill fight. In the instance of these Katrina cases, there's an even bigger hill to climb. Okay, well, thank you, Kelly Simpkins, and thank you, David Rossmiller. That was, that was quite interesting. And thank you for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit www.ams.com slash podcasts or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directories. I'm Lee McDonald, joined here by John Zuba and Brendan Noonan. Thank you, Brian Cohen, our engineer and editor. And now this word. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 